Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. These people won't listen to us. Well, you know, <laughs> no shit. They're not supposed to die. No kidding. Not only that, but two people I know well got drunk yesterday. So it's like, it's this, this is just a weird ass week. It's a weird ass society for the last five years. Mike and I did a podcast. Uh, and it's just the, our society. Is, I, I think our society was weird. It was get It got like, here's, it took a, it took a, like a Duran, Roberto Duran, like right, left. The right was Trump and the left was COVID. This is like right left. And we've been dazed, we've been dazed on our feet from you know the hands of stone for fucking five years now. And we gotta pull out of it. We gotta fucking get it together here. Yeah, we gotta get off the ropes, man. Yeah, so we gotta our, get off the ropes. Our society is in a standing eight count. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it, you know, like Roberto Duran's my favorite fighter of all time. Like, what a great when when I didn't see the no moss as as a cowardly act. I thought it was like, I'm not gonna fight this bullshit. What is he fucking doing? He's a fucking bullshitter. I thought no moss was one of the greatest things ever. But if you saw okay. Duran Roberto Duran before that, like he would knock people out. And their feet would come up off the ground and aim towards him. <laughs> and I feel like that's what it's like. Trump, COVID, <laughs> Trump, COVID. Feet in the air, head first, it right? Fucking, it just knocked out America. <laughs> and we can't seem to get it together to be kind to each other, to forgive, to fucking let it go. Woke culture started post-Trump. The canceling people started post-Trump. All this AOC post-Trump. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Let's go. Let, uh, let's uh, let's go. Brandon started. You know, it's all like all this hatred, all this division, all this bullshit. It was Trump COVID. Let's fucking put it behind us. Let's start anew and be a loving, kind nation towards one another, where our kids don't kill themselves. And not everybody's on fentanyl. And yeah. six-year-olds don't shoot their teachers. Yeah, six-year-olds. I, I couldn't believe that, that it was intentional I could, on top of that. I could. It's you America. Could. If, it was in, if it was in Japan, I wouldn't believe it. If it was in London, I wouldn't believe it. But America, for sure. Fuck yeah. Six-year-olds shooting their teachers. Why not? Look at what we are. That did hmm. not shock me. Gee, you don't think that was his dad's gun, do you? It was, it was his, his mom's. mom's gun. It was oh. his mom's gun. Look, okay. Mike doesn't read. Mike does not read the internet. Obviously, I Chuck. don't watch the news. And I don't <laughs> read the internet. Exactly. No, I, I read it. It was his you know what? I got gun. that through Vice. Vice, the Vice emails that they send out every week that or twice a week. It showed up, and it was like the teacher. The big deal was the teacher. The, the kid pulled the nine millimeter, pointed it at her, shot through her hand, went into her chest, and she cleared all the all the other kids out of the classroom because I guess he was either in shock, but it, they were calling her a hero for evacuating the classroom and moving things on. And uh, and you know, it, it, that's that whole thing just 
It it doesn't surprise in the effect that it's, but it does that a six-year-old, because I know six-year-olds. How do six-year-olds have that much hate? Well, because our society has that much hate. And well, the six-year-olds so, are a reflection. Virginia, the six-year-olds right? are a reflection of their parents. Yes, in election town or whatever the fucking goofy name of town it was. Uh, province, uh, college town or something. Something Halloween town. town. <laughs> yeah, Halloween town. Jack Jack Skellington. No, but what's, uh, what's but this? It didn't. Su- it didn't surprise me. Not nothing. Nothing about America surprises me. It will surprise me if we start being kind to each other. It will surprise <laughs> me if we start saying it doesn't matter if you're a Republican. I love you. You're okay. I don't. I don't care. Whatever it does. It it will surprise me if people can like something that other people don't like. And and the people who don't like it don't want to kill that person, you know. The division is such a is such an industry, right? With the media and the children are a reflection really of the the children are a reflection of the society. So they're killing themselves at a at a high rate. They there's now now it's, this is the youngest. They don't they didn't even know to, what to do with the kid at the police station. He's six years old. Yeah, I mean what. That's. What? I mean, I, I, did, if you want to watch, wrestling you want to watch Bluey. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You want to watch Bluey? You want to watch Dora the Explorer? What do you want to watch? <laughs> it's it, it's it's so fun. Mr. Beast. You want to watch Mr. Beast? Sid's in the living room right now watching Mr. Beast. Yeah. See, and that's you know, and then at the same time, all the all the people that I, I know, probably everybody that listens to this, and for us, anytime. Uh, somebody like Jeff Beck or Prince or David Bowie or Tom Petty or those people are no longer in the world. It's another destabilization too. It's just like uh, uh, when I don't even need to see them every day. They don't even have to do anything new that's great. They're just part of my existence. You know what I mean? Well, Jeff Beck, Beck, I mean, I just immediately, when I think of Jeff Beck, because I, you know, Let's face it. I was a Led Zeppelin fanatic. Let's just face it. But okay. from Led Zeppelin, you go backwards to Jimmy Page and the Yardbirds because mm-hmm. the actual name of Led Zeppelin when it formed was the New Yardbirds. Did you know that? And I heard somebody, this story. Yeah, yeah, the New Yardbirds. And uh, apparently Robert Plant and John Bonham were best buddies. They grew up together or something and they were in a band together. And they didn't like that name at all, right? And and then I guess some of Jimmy Page's friends are like, "Yeah, that's not really a great name." <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing that the thing that launched Jeff Beck into like super guitar hero stardom. I mean, he was already there, but then when he put out Blow by Blow and Wired, those two instrumental albums that were jazz fusion, it just was over the top. It was over the top. Well, let me tell you my Wired story. I think I've told it, but I got to tell it again. So, and I'm going to use all the language of 1976, if you don't mind. Is that, will I get get canceled? I might get canceled. We can can have an interpreter. It's the only way I'll understand. You can beep it. You can beep it. So I was in the choir in high school. I'm a, a fantastic. I'm a fantastic singer, Chuck. I don't know if you know this. I'm a trained. I'm a trained singer. Uh, okay. You know, if you saw Thelonious Monster, you might not know it. You might not know it. But I am a trained 
uh, singer. And, and I will show you, I will show you, uh, I'll just sing a little song that we used to do. It's not a song. It's a piece, a musical piece we used to do in the choir. Um, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That was because I was going to break. I, I was a baritone. I was what? not a bass, but I I have a voice, Chuck. I can't help it. I was gifted yeah. with this wonderful, <laughs> with this wonderful baritone. You, you were going to call so yourself I was a good in a voice, touring, but Bono I was did. in a touring glee club in high school. Not the most, not the most macho thing I got to admit, but there were seniors. I was a freshman and I was a hell of a singer, by the way, I had an audition. It was a big deal. And so, um, did you get the reason I sang that voice (laughs) is the reason why I sang in that voice is because there were, uh, already a lot of tenors and falsetto, the higher. So there were slots in the lower, and I could sing. I, I have a four octave range. I don't know if you know this, Chuck. Uh, oh, me and Mariah Carey. Me you and, and Freddie Mercury. Yeah. yeah. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So Freddie, I, Mariah, I was auditioning Morris. for a baritone, right? And uh, I got in. And the coolest, coolest seniors were in there. John Monroe, um, oh, yeah, this, John guy, Monroe. this guy, uh, Steve Myers, all of these guys, the coolest seniors, juniors and seniors were, and they were bassists and they were baritone. So I was in their section and we went on tour and we stayed in hotels, right? Ooh. So I was hanging out with seniors as a freshman, right? Touring and they would include me because I was in their section and I knew music. I could read music. So, and some of them weren't so good at it. So they'd say, Forest, sing this part. And I would sing it and I would point the notes and show them like how long you hold it and whatever. And so they kind of took me under their wing about three months into freshman year. But I was never included. I was always the fucking lame freshman Bobby Forrest, right? So, so did they call you Baritone Bob? No, they, they called me. I am Bobby. from now on, Bobby. They call me Forrest. Forrest, Baritone Bobby. what are you doing? And Forrest, uh, uh, Forrest, and the word fag, not the cigarette, but that, that, that they, I would, they would call me that a lot. So, um, be so, 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 so we used to hang out at a bowling alley, and I had a portable eight track. And oh. I had Frampton Comes Alive on it, portable okay. eight track. And I'm playing it out, out in front of the bowling alley on the little, you know, uh, uh, brick fence, right? With a couple other freshman guys. We're hanging out at Futurama Bowl. Fucking Forrest got his fucking, you know, eight track blasting Frampton. And John Monroe and this other guy from, from, from school, the seniors or juniors, said, what are you listening to that music for, Forrest? That's for faggots. And, uh, beep. I and you said, said beep. Yeah. yeah. Did you beep that? <laughs> yep. Yeah. We both did. And that was in 1976, though, I didn't know what that word was, but I knew I did not want to be called it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm 15 years old. 
even though you were wearing so, the white bell bottom Levi's. Yes, I was. I was dressed like Freddie Mercury. But so out by Palm Springs. So, yeah. So get this. So get this. I say to him, "What should I? What should I in this nerdy Bobby Forest way? What should I be listening to?" And he says, "You should get some fucking Jeff Beck wire, dude." <laughs> He didn't say culture club. He said I should get I should no 76 Chuck Wake up. You mean he didn't say Chad Nugent? No, he said I should get some Jeff Beck wired. Now I don't know what some Jeff Beck wired is, but I memorized that term. Wow. Some Jeff Beck wired. It took me a couple days. I go down to the record store. I walk in. I say, I need. Some Jeff some Beck, Jeff Beck wired. wired. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was called some Jeff Beck wired. I didn't know. It's I a band called Jeff some Beck Jeff. Was. This song some is Jeff? called Beck wired. I knew the guy's name was Jeff Beck. Cause I was a lead up. I knew that Jimmy Page was in a band with Jeff Beck, but I didn't know if it was called some Jeff Beck wired. I didn't know. the name. I thought that might be the name of the band. Right. But, but, uh, Chrissy's coming in here to get Idris. Can you see this? <laughs> it's All insanity. I just do this and then I'll be done. Shut the door for crying out loud. Okay. So, so some Jeff Beck wired. The girl behind the counter says, okay. And Jeff Beck wired had come out and it was right on the front. Uh, you know, the blue covered record wired. Um, and she handed it to me. She walked around the counter like, I'm so stupid. It was right behind <laughs> me in the display. <laughs> okay. And she takes it and hands it to me. So I fucking righteous, bro. <laughs> like, so now I see the cover and it just says wired, right? Nice. Jeff Beck. Cool. So I know there's no some word involved. Right. Right. So I get the record. I bring it home. I can't wait to open it. I used to love opening it with my thumbnail. Yep. Right. Ah, oh, fucking greatest thing I ever were opening an album. Right. Trying, so trying not to tear it. it. I yep. put it on. I, I used to have this console stereo in my room with big speaker, you know, the big console radio turntable. And I had headphones. I put them on, I'd jump on my bed, put the first song on. John Hammer and Jeff Beck going at it. I think it's Come Dancing or is the name of the song or something. So I'm grooving. I'm, I got to get in with the seniors. No matter what, I got to like this music. I'm sitting there. Two minutes go by. Three minutes go by. Jeff Beck sustain and John Hammer going nuts on the on the guitar keyboard thing, obviously. Keytar? No singing. No singing. No singing. And I'm like, wow, what? So uh it plays the second song, same thing, no singing. So I go back to the mm. first song and I'm looking at the groove and I make sure to like <laughs> put it down in the groove. And Maybe it wasn't, it wasn't going deep enough for the, the vocals. It was in the wrong <laughs> groove. There's two I grooves. A, I got to put a penny on there. I got to put yeah. a penny on there. <laughs> so, so I jump back on the bed. Somehow the needle is not touching the record right to get 
the vocals. So I said, jump back on the bed, same thing. <laughs> no singing. I skipped to the third song because I heard the second song. Listen to that for like a minute and a half. No singing. I listened to the fourth song. No singing. I'm like, holy shit. Maybe they're singing on one side and no singing on the other side. So I flip it over, put on the first song, sit on my bed. Now, I'm not laying down, Chuck. I'm really confused at this point. I'm 15 years old. I'm, Dude, I'm I think more you got like, gypped. yeah, there's some technical <laughs> difficulty going on here. Mm-hmm. So nothing. No vocals. They must have forgot so, the vocals on your Yes. Record. Yeah. Wait till you hear. So I go back <laughs> to the record store after school the next day. I walk in, got my <laughs> jetpack wire, got my receipt, and I told them, uh, there's no vocal track on this record. Because <laughs> 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 I, I had read Cream Magazine, and I knew there's tracks of records and there's no vocal track on this record. The girl says, what did you just say? I said, uh, I, need to, I need to get another one. There's no vocal track on this record. <laughs> Somehow the they didn't put the vocals. Vocal. They didn't put the vocals inside the, the groove in the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And she says, wait one second. And she goes and gets somebody else that works at the record store is putting records away. He comes over. She says, tell him what you just told me. I'm authority on multi-tracking at this point. Yeah, you know me. You tell. know me. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I Red say very confidently, <laughs> you're not gonna believe this, dude, but this this album doesn't have the vocal track on it. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get the whole store over for you to tell the story to? <laughs> I would have. Somebody come here and listen he, to this. And he goes, <laughs> after he stopped laughing, he goes, it's an instrumental record. Oh, give me and my I money was back. Like, <laughs> I was like, I now I'm in choir and, I, and I'm in the band and I know music, Chuck. And I realized right. my mistake in that moment. This is instrumental. In my mind, in those 70 seconds i thought there must be another record that you play simultaneously with it that has the vocals on it (laughs) long before flaming lips thought of that (laughs) you have to buy the vocals separately (laughs) you have to sync them up and and that's where two turntables came from Or quadraphonic sound no i was thinking more quadraphonic i'd i'd heard about quadraphonic so I was thinking, like, you know, in mono, the vocals come out of one side. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a, you know. Too so bad. I said, they sold so, you the second album and said, look, here is the vocals. Take this home and play them both. I think I would have. Well, that's a shame, son. Too bad you got so, one of the bad but ones. I have, but I have loved Jeff Beck Wired ever since that day. And I got in with this juniors and seniors because I was fucking, oh, yeah. And it doesn't Woo! have words. And I, I love it. But Blow by Blow is the best one. Blow by Blow has the Beatles song on it, right? I've got wired here somewhere, right here. I've got it right here near me. I always keep it near me oh to my remind God. myself of the how much I know track? about multi track. The vocal track one? <laughs> <Yeah. or> the- <laughs> I, found, I found one with the vocal track. It's got Rod Stewart on it, by the way. The real collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> the lost vocal so, tracks of some Jeff Beck. 
<laughs> so Jeff Beck. So I believe he lived on in in the Hollywood Hills off of Sunset Plaza Drive. I think I, I've always thought that because I'm driving by there. I see all these hot rod cars and I saw him there one time. I don't know if it's a, another hot rod friend of his or whatever, but God bless Jeff Beck. Um, but that, what it also made me think of is Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton right away. Not, not God, God bless them. And I, I'm sure they're in good health, but we're going to see this is, this is coming. Oh yeah. Like no. we're going to see the, the passing of our idols, right? Just like John Lennon and Paul McCartney saw the passing of, of, of their idols. We're going to see the passing of our idols. And then guess what, Chuck? Then it's the passing of us. Hmm. Oh yeah, but but there's something organic and natural about it. Like Jeff Beck was 78, was he 78? I thought he was That's 71. Good... Yeah, no, he no, he's not 71. He started in 60. Started in 65. He, he had to be eight years old. Was yeah, he, really? he started in 65. His first record was 65. But Do you know he had a hit record? He had a hit record before he was in the Artbirds. Yeah. Hmm. Right, I, so, you know what? Um, you know what's sweet. Something's bugging me about that Led Zeppelin thing. I thought they took the new name to a the management, and they said with a name like that, you'll go over like a lead balloon. And no, they Keith pulled Moon from, told them. Keith Moon said that to them. Ah, it'll go over like a lead balloon, and then that became Led Zeppelin. And I, you know, how wow. how rad must it have been that you know Keith Moon and Jimmy Page were really close friends. Keith Moon played in Jimmy Page's band in uh, in uh, in Jeff Beck's band before he was in the Who, and and Jimmy Page was the bass player. Did you know that? Well, that's that's so cool. But I mean, when you think about that, that's kind of like if the L.A. if everybody you knew in the L.A. music scene became legendary, it, it's it's the same story. You know yeah, what I mean? Kind of. they, they yeah, but there's all... no cross pollination. There's not. Yeah, I guess there's there's relationships between. You know, that's a lot of relationships. I got it. Is Flea? He is friends with everybody. He's he's, he's friends with, with Pearl Jam. Too, yeah. He's friends with Rage. He's friends with. He's he is like a a glue guy, but of the L.A. bands, he really is. Like a lot of us are like compartmentalized. I'm only friends with certain people, and so you know, so other people I don't know that well, and I. You know, but Flea is friends with everybody. So if I was going to say, yeah, Flea is like that Keith Moon guy that's friends with everybody. So, so anyways, so, but the point I'm trying to make is, so Keith Moon is in a band with Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page and Jimmy Page forms a band and doesn't have Keith Moon be the drummer. Then Keith Moon auditions for the who and becomes the who, right? Yeah. Keith, and, and then it turns out that, one drummer that Jimmy Page chose to be in his band is the only drummer on earth better than Keith Moon. <laughs> well, you know what? He, crazy. How crazy is that? How he must have seen him play, and he pro probably knew that Keith was going to be insane to deal with because, I mean, anything I've read about Keith Moon is just like he was uh, Mike, over the look, top. Yeah, Mike, look up the first hit song Jeff Beck had. It was an instrumental and it was Keith Moon, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, and somebody else. Oh, and it was the I instrumental. It was called Beckology or something, or Beck's Bola, Bola, Bola. Yeah. Who's the band on it? Look, at the, look up the personnel. The personnel. 
Hamilton, Jimmy Page, Keith Moon, John Paul Jones, and Nicky. Are you Hopkins. listening to this? Yeah. Chuck, are you listening to this? The band, are you ready for the band? John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, Keith Moon, and Jeff Beck. And Nikki Hopkins. Are you fucking, are you fucking kidding me? They needed a singer. They probably, they probably recorded it in one day, in four hours, probably. Well, isn't that the way everybody recorded back then? You just went in and performed it? <laughs> you know, somebody, I was talking to an artist a, a couple of weeks ago, and they, they finished their album and they're mixing and I said, so, so, so thinking like it's going to be ready, like in February. And he said, you know, we should probably have it done by middle of summer. Is that someone working eight hours a day or, or is, is that like, <laughs> is that 40 man hours a week or are, are they doing overtime to get it done that quick? <laughs> I don't I mean, think there's a big rush to make records nowadays. Well, you know, uh, when that's a thousand man hours between yeah. January and June, and no just, midsummer by midsummer. So you're talking July. Oh, 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 how, how, wait, wait oh, that that's maybe that's the problem. When Jeff Beck put out Truth, he you know he was the one that brought in Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood. Oh, Ron Wood was the guitar player on Truth. Oh, no, he's a bass player, I'll bet. He's the bass player. Look it up. That's crazy. So, so anyway, can we, just, can we just be a fly on the wall in a recording studio in London, probably a tiny little room with a four-track recorder, and the guy setting up the drums is Keith Moon. You go in there and probably put, <laughs> you probably put two mics on it, right? Mike, you probably put two mics, four mics, three mics. On the drum kit? Yeah, three. They used this technique back then, uh, where they put two mics over the shoulders of the of the drummer, and then one over the center over the kick drum, like a three mic kind of sit. three mic. So, yeah. so they start miking up the they drummer. Would, they would mic the kick drum and um, okay, but this mic. just see this in a little studio, and over in the oh, in the other side is a well-dressed, quiet gentleman with blonde hair. John Paul Jones, he's got his big old bass on him. And then comes Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page come walking in. And yeah, we're going to do this song. I mean, it's insane. It's, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and that shit, that, that shit does not happen anymore. It does not. And we need uh. to bow down to Jeff Beck. I watched a thing of his... Uh, uh, some outdoor venue, like a concert footage, and he had the girl bass player. And um, man, that guy could sustain a note till next Thursday. It just, it just, he just held his finger on it, just kept sustaining. How did he do that? <laughs> uh, he, he sold the soul to the devil. It's witchcraft. Do you think they were making <laughs> fun of that when they, uh, when they were uh, in Spinal Tap, when they're going, you just sustain and this is, yeah, I was, you, you know, they were, they were, they were <laughs> taking a fist on that. Spinal Everything. Tap was take no prisoners. It was Aerosmith. It was the Rolling Stones. They were making fun of everybody. Yeah. And, but mostly here's the thing that I do know. Every big rock star has, you know, that was having hard times then thought it was about them. I remember, I, I remember hearing Ozzy talk about, he didn't think it was funny. I've talked personally with Steven Tyler. 
he said it pissed him off and he, he walked out and he was so angry because <laughs> it was like his his life story was in a fucking movie. <laughs> and people were laughing. Because <laughs> I think it came out like I think it came out like right when remember walking in the sand came out. <laughs> remember when remember when the best thing Aerosmith could come up with was a cover of the sh- crystals walking in the sand? <laughs> oh my god. How, how bad is heroin for songwriting? How bad is it? Is it pretty bad? <laughs> you know, yeah. I always say I know, and I I, I always shit on uh, you know uh, in through the outdoor because there's three songs that have the word love in the title, and I used to make fun of it like all of my love, and then there's love. It's just love, love, love. It's like the only word that Robert Plant could think of. And then somebody once again pointed out what an asshole I am and said, "All of my love's about his son dying." Oh, and I was like, oh, God, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> well, that just takes the fun out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah make, making fun of Led Zeppelin lyrics. <laughs> it also doesn't. It also doesn't mean that he's not lazy songwriter. <laughs> I there's mean, lot, yeah, he just goes of, pulling from whatever, like the death of his child, grasping at straws. <laughs> You not know. that song, but there's two other songs with love in the title. Maybe love was important. How about the the first one? I the first Led Zeppelin album I bought with the day it came out was Presents, and I went home, and that begins with. Nobody's foul but mine. Nobody's foul but mine. Nobody's foul but mine. How great was Led Zeppelin? Dude, they don't make bands like that anymore. How come there's no bands like that anymore? There is. There's one just like it called Vet Greta Van Fleet. It's the same no. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Tell me, tell me turnstiles. You know how many old punk rockers have told me about turnstiles? I don't know what turnstiles Like, is. really? We're just grasping at straws here, my fellow punk rocker old guys. We're grasping at straws. <laughs> there are no rock bands. So stop complaining about Coachella not having rock bands. What rock band would you have play there? Everybody we know. The Chili uh, Peppers you know? for the fifth time? Why not? Who else is there? <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Who, who rock, else has We who need has new sing- good rock bands. But Bad Bunny? Everything can't. Well, pop has taken the place of rock because there is no rock. That's not true. It's not that there's no rock. It's just not what is selling right now because that's that, not what's being no, pushed by the industry. It's not what people want because it's mediocre and shitty. You think that's there's not the a single band making good rock music right now? Really? Well, I see. Um, I go and see all the bands that everybody tells me to go see, and I'm always walk out after like five songs. Uh oh. Huh? No, that's just because you got old. No, I prefer <laughs> Black Pink. I went. To, I go to Black Pink. I go to BTS. I go to fucking. I'll go see uh, Bjork. I'll see. I'll be. I'll be in the front of the pit at Bjork. Right? She is an amazing artist. You never know what she. She could light herself on fire. Who knows what that woman's <laughs> gonna do? 
I, I think I, I think it would be cool to have Dinosaur Jr. play a show that big. I think it'd be cool to. There's a lot of bands that are that are capable <laughs> but of playing. Those are bands from the '80s. Those are bands from the '80s. Why not bands from the 2020s? That's the point. Like I, you know, I want to root for bands. I just think that um, it was hard. It, it, here's the thing: it's hard to be inspired by bands that break up right away, right? You know, there's something about the relationship between an artist and their fans. The right. Chili Peppers have been a band for 40 fucking years this year. 40 years. You could be, you could say, I love Red Hot Chili Peppers and they're a band. And you can go see them or you can buy their new record or you can listen to their old records. But they're an, an existing live organism. Mm-hmm. You can't do that about White Stripes. You can't, which I believe the White Stripes are the last great rock band. You can't do it about them because they haven't even, they've not been a band longer than they were a band. I saw them in their prime. Keith Morris said, You're going to want to check this band out. They're playing at Spaceland. And I said, Yeah, I, you know, because Keith's notorious for liking bands like Jesus Lives or stuff like that. <laughs> so I was like, are you sure? And then, and then uh, I said, I thought it was that night. And I said, well, I can't go tonight. And he goes, they're playing for five nights. You got to see them. And I went and it was like, it was like seeing gun club at the peppermint lounge in fucking New York city in 1981. It was like mind blowing. Uh, Mike, were you there? Did you see white stripes at that era when they were playing clubs? That for so one thing, I saw white, for like, listen, I saw white stripes at Bogarts. Yeah, they did they play for like two hours? Yeah, they were great. Yeah, and, uh, fucking and, crazy great. And you knew it that the second song, I was like looking at her and I was like, I want to marry her. And then somebody told me she's married to the singer. And I was like, I thought they were brother and sister. And it's like, yeah, it's just a promo thing. And I was like, well, he's, you know. How do you, how do I get it? How do I get in there? <laughs> I was mesmerized by her. I mean, oh my God. She was, she's had the coolest way of drumming. Like, like, I, and I never thought they sounded like they didn't have a bass player. They sounded like a full band right off the bat to me. There was no missing. There was nothing missing. It was in a club. Sound was coming from everywhere. He had a bass amp and a regular amp and a third amp. Like, and his guitar was going through everything. It just sounded like a band and they did Slim Harpo and they did fucking Bob Dylan and they, it was fucking amazing. And then they just break up four years later. It's just like, what? What? Yeah. So, it, it, so it's so much so love and respect. What I want to say, love and respect to Pearl Jam and Chili Peppers. They've been fucking going the whole time. Yeah. All the other ones broke up and got back together. Let's not forget. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine, Smashing Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. They, they broke up a lot of times. Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, just been going boop, 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 boop for 40. Well, Pearl Jam for 30 and Chili Peppers for 40 years. That's that's pretty amazing, but I I don't really want to see them play Coachella. I think the bands that of the the 
that well, should that, be like their level should be playing Coachella. Don't and there you are think none. that? But wait, Bob, don't you think that's what's happening? I mean, there's a lot of bands on there that are unknown and sort of tr- rising and trying to make that spot. The Garden is amazing, like I said last week. But yeah, but there's not a lot of guitar. It's not like you know when you look at guitar, bass, and drums, or you know I. Say there's two models of bands: the Led Zeppelin model, guitar, bass, and drums. That's the Chili Peppers. The Aerosmith model: it's guitar, two guitars, bass, and drums. That's the the Guns N' Roses, Pearl Jam. Well, star, like, styles change. I mean, the Garden is two brothers, a drummer, and a bass player, and there's mm-hmm. there is no guitar. Yeah, but and the Clash, two guitar, the Clash, two guitars. The, you know, I tried to tell somebody uh, the Clash were the moniker was the only band that matters and and they were at that time they took the world by storm they took the world by storm you know how they did it chuck they played every night they played i saw them three times in uh, in a year and a half in la they played the palladium they played the roxy and they played the palladium again i saw them three times in a year and a half and you know how hard that is to fucking go from London to LA and the cost of it and get all crew and all that shit and how hard it is. And they played for two fucking hours at the Roxy. They were amazing. They're, it was mind blowing. They were the greatest band I ever saw live. Yeah, the, you know, week, the, the week that London Calling came out, they played the Roxy and Darby Crash was still alive. Darby Crash was there. I remember seeing him there. And it was just like, what the fuck and i love them from tommy gun on give them enough rope and then they make that record like you gotta understand the clash made all those records in five years in six years six mm-hmm. years all the all that music and played hundreds and hundreds of concerts i don't see any bands working that hard well you know what this is that's an interesting point because how much easier is it for say the observatory to have a guy that raps with a DJ set up two guys where you only have to house and right. play hospitality right. for and two guys and and you can charge more because it's what's popular they they record well, from I think home it's they don't cost like record how, companies no, a ton I of think, money yeah it's not the clubs it's the band themselves how easy is it to tour with a dj and some rapper guy and a road it's su- super easy super and easy you, you can you can it, even it, fly that, that, that was that was the thing you could even fly you know i did a, a solo tour with uh ironically with um you know the zapruder film the jfk mm-hmm. assassination guy his son's a great musician i did a tour with him and this and this girl Elise Kaikendall, I, I think I'm saying her name right. And this other guy, it was like four of us folk singers, and and it was like I I don't know how I had money. I must have had I must have had publishing money. So I went out. I flew because all I was doing was playing acoustic guitar and singing. So the first show was like in D.C. Like I flew to D.C. Then I then I took the i rented a car and drove to new york city i played in new york city then we played boston i flew to boston it was fucking great and then i I realized like um you could you could um oh my god let me see what elvis is saying since he's gonna listen to this podcast 
still podcast texting me. Hold on. You guys aren't going to believe what he just told me. He, Elvis is becoming a man. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. Uh, I do. Uh, are you going through it? So he just said, bit. I'm good. Oh, he'll die if I tell you this. Well, then don't. Oh, he's saying, if you think it would fit in on what you're talking about on the podcast, I found out what the feminine product dispenser is. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's eyeshadow and lipstick. Oh, so thank God I didn't have to have that talk with him. We did. Yeah. You know what we did? We already told Sid what a period is. She's six. What I, I'm I'm tired of all the other parents telling me what to do. Elvis found yeah. out about it at school, I'm sure, from a friend. Good for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And Sid asked, because I said, Are you still bleeding to Chrissy? And Sid well, said, oh, <laughs> well, no, well, because, uh, no, because you she switched. Woman, you still I, bleeding? No, no, it wasn't like that. You're not. No, she switched to, from, <laughs> she switched, she switched birth control from the, from the implant because it had a bunch of side effects she didn't like to the patch. And then when uh. she got her period, it was extra hard. And so then, and it was like eight days in and, and she had taken a long time in the bathroom. And I, I said, nicely, <laughs> not meanly, not uh, I'm just brutishly, not Mom, like I'm from West your, Virginia. How's your poop? My Are poop's okay? good. My poop's good. I don't know why. And I don't know why. You know, I did. I did. I mean, I'm starting to eat a little better. No McDonald's. Yeah. I Well, no, I want to tell you about the bleeding part. So, <laughs> so, so I, I just said it really like, you're still bleeding like that in a, in a soft way, in a nice way, in a supportive husband way, not in the way that Chuck just said. <laughs> and Sydney heard it. That's she the way I say it. it. <laughs> and said, who's bleeding? Oh. And, I said, oh. and Chrissy stopped and like looked at me like, you're the one that fucking got us into this. And I said, well, Sid, what happens is like, and I, um, and I explained it in the best Bob Force way I could. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> 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 Alice Cooper wrote a song about it. Oh no! That's how you told her. Alice Cooper <laughs> wrote a song about it. Only, yes, only <laughs> oh, you never heard that song? That is a classic Bob Forrest story, right there. <laughs> well, sorry, I mean, she was but... take. I said it in really sensitive way. I said, you know, uh, there's this thing, and I don't want to get too much into the details. I just don't know how. I don't know how you came up with that. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, Chris, let's just sit what down. Chrissy, we'll no, what was what, but it was over. It was over. Well, she walked out of the room. It was oh. over like a five minute period of time. I said, you know, um, it's very common. Everybody knows about it. I want you to know about it, and it's not nothing to worry about, and whatever. And but it happens, and and um, it's not a big deal. And um, and then I said, and it's so common. Like Alice Cooper, when I was a kid, Alice Cooper had a song about it called "Only Women Bleed," and I sang it. Only women bleed. Only women. She says, oh, I get it. Only women bleed. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was wondering if boys. She asked if boys bleed out of their penises, and I was like, no, 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 they don't do that. Well, oh God, oh God, what a life! What a life! 
<laughs> if you would have told me, okay, Chuck, let's go back in time. I'm in uh, 2007, I am 46 years old. I have a hit TV show. I got, I'm double dipping. I'm the clinical director of a hospital. I'm getting that salary. I'm making money on the TV show. I break up with my girlfriend. I'm single. I get a house out in Joshua Tree, semi-retire, fucking every, I, I did everything right. Like 47 years old, living in Joshua Tree, no responsibilities, making dough. My rent, my, my rent on a five acre, one bedroom house in Yucca Mesa was $560 a month. So and I was making about $8,000 a month then between the TV show and the, and the, and re and rehab. I mean, how golden was my life? And then I got depressed. What the fuck? I should have never come back to LA. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but I came back to LA <laughs> and then all this happened. Now I got three kids. And now I can't even think straight. Now, I'm, now I got the dog barking and we got a new dog. Like I don't even explain. We got, like, I got three kids and I have to explain bleeding and I have to explain feminine hygiene products and I have to, and I have to go to basketball, Elvis's first basketball games on Saturday, Sid signing up for soccer. I hate the schools. Uh, you know, my wife thinks I'm crazy, walks out of the room. How come you just didn't say, you know, talk to your mom about that? Because she walked out of the room. Was that what you said, Mike? That's what I've said. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you had it easy. You know what? I said it enough. Talk to your mama. <laughs> no, if they have other questions about music and <laughs> life and stuff like that. Did you tell them about the song? Did you tell them about Alice Cooper? <laughs> I did not. I, I, I think said, I would. You know That's probably a question for the your mother. Alice Cooper thing was much after the conversation had concluded very precisely very succinctly very generally i explained it and she asked if boys did it and i said no and then and then it was over and we we're sitting on the couch and then i said you know <laughs> you brought it away to normalize something that she thought was so weird in that moment yeah. is that it's yeah, so I'm common trying. and I'm it trying. so happens all the time that there's even a song about it by a guy who you know so it's not yeah. you know so you brought it you normalize the conversation and that's you know a good what she move. said i want to tell you sydney is the biggest music fan you know what she said when i played her uh, alice cooper i think billion dollar babies video she said is he trying to be like david bowie Oh, nice. See how fucking crazy is that? A six-year-old would observe that. Did Alice? I think is that was Alice Cooper known as trying to cop, bo, copy Bowie? I they kind of were so. the same. I, I think they were they were you know same arm different vein, but um, you know a bug likes them both. I mean, we're going to see uh, Pretties for You uh, this weekend. They do Alice, they're an Alice Cooper tribute band that my buddy Will's in and they're, it's really good. And it's really fun. That music you know, there's holds some up. Bands that, there's some bands that are easy to copy. Cause like Alice Cooper, anybody could look like him, right? Yeah. He sounds it's like pretty, really good, but, I mean, but I, it's just one of those but, things where that, that music anyways, holds uh, up. And so does so Bowie's I, music. So I dealt with that. But the point, the point I'm trying to make is I had, I had a very simple, practical, age-appropriate life, and I got depressed, like suicidally depressed, honestly. And and uh, I didn't know why. I was just like, I wasn't, 
I wasn't living life. I was just like hiding away. And I think that's what a lot of retired people feel like. I feel like, Uh you know, it's not like I was old and retired and golfing, but I was really not engaged with life. I worked, I worked 30 hours a week and then I did the TV show for three weeks, every six months. And I really didn't see people that much. I went to Pappy and Harriet's and had dinner. I'd see Xander probably. Xander's probably the one friend I saw most of all in that period of time. Because Xander was always at Pappy and Harriet's. What was he? What was what was the deal with that, Mike? Why is he always there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I saw well, you out of Josh. I saw you out at Yucca Valley. Yeah. And, um, and that's when the, I, and I had a couple of clues like Victoria Williams. I always tell the story. I see there her. was a period and, of time where we didn't see each other for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I was, when I was living out there, 2007 to like 2000, 2005 to like 2009, really. But I, I, I moved out there, you know, with that, my primary place in 2007. Yeah. But you were um, you were and that's when Victoria Williams saw me on a weekday at the health food store. And she said, what are you doing out here, Bob? And I was like, I, I moved out here. I, I'm here like all the time now. And she goes, oh, you're not, Bob, you're not, you're not desert. You're not desert person. You're good. You're a good weekender. (laughs) 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 And she knows I've known her since 1981. She was like, you're too mentally ill. Live out here by yourself out on that property. You're just too mentally ill. Bob. You shouldn't do this. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's true. (laughs) I had a dog. I had a dog named Sebastian. I would carry out full conversations with him like all day long. Like you want to go eat? Should we go in? Should we go to Angel View? What do you want to do, Sebastian? I would talk to the fucking dog because <laughs> there was nothing to do. I'd go thrift shopping. I'd go eat Dickie's barbecue or orgasm taco. I called it. There was this taco <laughs> thing that Chris Chris Goss 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 told me about. It's called Taco Something. It's right at the beginning of Yucca Valley, just past the street that goes up to Pappy and Harriet's, and it's in a strip mall. It's the greatest tacos ever. And I was eating there one night late, like at nine o'clock, right before they closed. And I was moaning because the tacos are so fucking good. And uh, and the guy says, you really like our tacos, don't you? And I was like, it's like an orgasm in your mouth. I said, it's like an orgasm in your mouth. Wow. And he looked at me in a way that only Catholic Hispanics can, like, you need to get out of my store right yeah, now. Wow. <laughs> but I that was should describing, be. <laughs> I was describing how great a taco felt like. That should be for, in, in every conversation when you're trying to get oral sex. Say eh? it's like a taco. <laughs> it's like you're gonna love it. It's just like a taco. I, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, back. <laughs> I'm telling you. So forever since then, I call, would call that place orgasm tacos. <laughs> you really uh, were alone out there, huh, Bob? <laughs> really. So it's good that I came back. It's good that I fell in love. It's good that I had a family. And it's good that you know, I'm. I, I, it's good. It's all good. The stress is good. The wrap. You know what I did today? I didn't go in. I worked double shift yesterday, two times, and in order to get to today off. To replace my sink and and spouts and handles in my kitchen. I did it myself, 
little help from the guy at Home Depot. I got it. <laughs> so I went there and I didn't have my the former stuff. I said, I need to get a whole setup and want the whole fucking, I don't care what it costs. Cause I got a Home Depot credit card. Like I don't, I want a really cool dope fucking kitchen sink setup. And he goes, what's the measurements? And I was like, come uh-huh. again, come again. And he goes, what do you, do you have the measurements? And I was like, what's that? <laughs> he said, you know, and he summed me up totally well. He was this nice older guy. He summed me up totally well. He goes, are you doing it today? And I said, yep. Because I was there at like, after I dropped sit off, I was there at like 8 and 11. And he said, uh, have you taken it off yet? And I said, no. And he goes, best thing to do, take it all apart, take everything off that you want replaced and bring it to me. And that's what I did. And he showed me everything and he replaced and he did it. And then he told me, he goes, you're going to need some tape. And I said, no, 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 I don't, you know, plumbers. And he goes, yeah, (laughs) no, I know what plumbers tape is. I don't think it really does something, but everything I fix, everything I fix leaks a little bit. And I put a bucket under it. Because you put (laughs) plumbers tape on and it seals it. It's a very soft. Right. Okay. So he insisted I take the tape. Everything the guy told me to do worked magnificently. Excellent. It's fucking amazing. And then I didn't think I got enough praise from Chrissy and her mom. I really didn't feel like that they understood. They're like, oh, it looks beautiful. And she hugged me. My wife hugged me and said, you did such a great job. And and it just didn't feel like enough. It It, it, it was it wasn't enough. <laughs> so all day, all, all afternoon, I kept telling, you know, I replaced the whole kitchen sink and everything and the pipes underneath and everything. You were so and the, the, they're like, they're like, yeah, we, I, and they both said, and, no, and even Sydney you. said, yeah, you've Sydney said, you, you told me that already. Oh, <laughs> my God. I wanted, I, I got a flashlight and I made all three of them look under it, all the, all the pipes that I replaced underneath. Right. Oh. Now, look at that. I did. I was down under there. Oh my! It was hard. It was hard. It was rusty and fucked up. Yeah, I fixed that's that shit. Uh, you know I, what I, helps with rusty pipes? WD forty. Yeah, it's, it's got good. fish oil in it. Works good. Does it really have fish oil yeah. in it? Yeah. And why is that loosen rusty shit up? Because fish fish are, are incredible plumbers. I don't know. They live in water, man. <laughs> It works good. <laughs> you know, my mother-in-law said, my mother-in-law said, Bob, this is so good. You could, uh, you, you probably saved $300. I said, $300. I probably saved $1,000. I was complete. I was, wasn't enough savings. I did it myself. <laughs> oh, I saved double what you said. <laughs> 600 at least. I saved 600 I wasn't thinking about how much money I saved, but $300 was way too low for what I did. Wow. If I could have paid somebody 300 bucks to do what I did, I would have. So it must have been more than that. (laughs) Look at my hands. They're all cut up. Fucking, I fucking took care of that shit. I had to turn the main off at the road. I had to turn the main off. Try to figure that out, Chuck. You're such a man. You're a manly man. That's beyond me. Beyond me. All right. Well. It's the crazy life that started in 2007 when I wanted to kill myself. 
I went to Walmart. I was surprised you can just buy a gun at Walmart. He just walked in. I went into Walmart in Yucca Valley. I was looking at guns. The guy was taking them out. I was like, you know, kind of seeing how long they were to go up under my chin. And the guy's like, what are you going to do with this? Oh, my God. Do they really care? Do they fucking care? Don't die is got to become a national. We got to push this thing. Oh, somebody was talking to me about it. Uh, oh, we're going to do the interview with the Desert Sun uh, newspaper, right? And I'm meeting with the mayor of Claremont on Wednesday. What? So things are things are shaking and moving up here, buddies. Has that guy gotten a hold of you or should I touch base with him? Yeah, touch base with him. Let's let's do that. I love the desert. I'm going to go down there this weekend. Okay. The desert is great. And, you know, I probably shouldn't have moved to Joshua Tree. I probably should have moved to Palm Desert all along. Because even though I don't really talk to a lot of people in Palm Desert, there's a lot of people around. Actually, I do. I bump into people at Vaughn's and pavilions. Guy talked to me in the parking lot. I forget sometimes why I've gone to somewhere because I'm, I, you know, I love talking. <laughs> this guy was talking about this guy was talking about Thelonious Monster and whatever in the parking lot, and I forgot. I talked to him for like 20 minutes, and I got home, and Chrissy's like, "Where have you been?" And I was like, "I, I was talking to some guy in the parking lot." He liked Colonial Monster when he was a kid and couldn't believe that I live out here. And she said, the kids are starving. And I realized I had gone to get chicken and potato wedges for dinner. And I just sat talking about Colonial Monster in the fucking parking lot for 20 minutes while the kids were waiting for me with the food. Don't die. We're going to go talk to the Desert Sun newspaper and I'm going to talk to the mayor of Claremont and we're going to spread this message that we need love caring stop talking about all this nonsense and we need we need less suicide less drug overdoses wouldn't you say hey hey in a in a divided nation if my platform running as a politician was we want to reduce suicide and we want to reduce drug overdoses you think i could win Uh, absolutely i don't i don't know so much about all that other stuff but I'm here to reduce suicide and reduce drug overdose deaths. It depends. If there was a guy running right alongside of you that said, I'm going to reduce gas prices, then you would probably lose. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You'd, you'd lose my vote, too. Yeah. Those <laughs> are the kitchen table issues. Those are yeah. kitchen. When, when people vote. losing their children to suicide isn't a kitchen table issue, then a, then a fucking country is lost. You know what I mean? Because they always say that kitchen table issues. What's more a kitchen table issue than the depression of your wife, the depression of your kid, the drug addiction of your spouse? What's more a kitchen a table issue than that? Or, or, or the mental health of bleed. your family. Or only women bleed. <laughs> only women bleed. <laughs> Same shit. It's a song. Don't you remember? Hi, <laughs> uh, good night. Uh, good good night. night. See, See ya. Yeah. I think you did well, Bob. <laughs> I think you did well. Only women bleed. Only women bleed. Don't die. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.